0: Off the Ball.
1: Getting Inside the Game.
0: Sponsored by Ireland's
1: favourite car brand, Ford. Go Further. Alright, you're very welcome along to tonight's show. It's a Friday, so that means our crappy quiz and some of our best work between 8 and 9. But this hour, I'm delighted to welcome to the studio for the very first time our guest presenter Brian O'Driscoll. Brian, good evening to you. Great to be here, finally. Also with us, Colin Parkinson. Also, yeah. yeah also um, rant. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian arrives and miraculously we're festooned with loads of pizza from Base Pizzas. This is a watch and learn moment I hope for you.
2: Yeah, it is 100%. I'm, I'm not sure nothing arrived my first day. Um, few nasty texts, emails. That's about <laughs> it. No pizza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if anybody wants to get in touch, you can text us. 53106 is the number, or you can uh, tweet us out off the ball. We're going to put a load of your questions to Brian in the final slot of the show. We're going to uh, talk to Martin Johnson in the middle slot, but we just wanted to talk to you about retirement generally. Um, a lot of people, when they retire, find themselves at a loss. It doesn't strike me as if you're one of those who's been like, I've not, nothing to do. What am I going to do? You know, I'm showing up a training in my tracksuit. <laughs> Now, hey, I haven't been
0: watching from behind, behind trees um, no I've I, it, it's been a good summer I've enjoyed it um, I haven't missed pre-season you know um, unbelievably um, the first pang that I probably had was seeing the Lancer match at the weekend and it wasn't even necessarily seeing the game but it was looking at the television camera in the dressing room panning down and just seeing the oh, yeah. lads a couple of minutes before they were, in, they were going out and just thinking about what was being said, and you know, back in May, I was part of that, and now I'm just like everyone else. I'm going, "Oh my god!" Like, wh- what do you think they're saying to one another? And that was hard because you, you get you get used to things. You get used to certain guys being strapped up, just different. Um, you different probably lives. <laughs> different, <laughs> different guys having different ways of focusing. Um So it was, yeah, it was. That was one of the. First times that I really kind of looked back and was
1: like, I will miss this. Yeah, does it get worse as the season goes on? Then for the first year, do you think, like when it's the the Munster game, for example, you'll be like, ah.
0: Yeah, I I think that's what people say is when the, for the really big games they said they don't, tend not to miss dragons away so much. Although it's about ten years since I've been to Newport, but it's um, at the same time I I think um, it is those big occasions so the 50,000, is is the housing um, theatre games it's the the Derby games when you know it's it's on yeah. and it's the real test of you and you know, people talk about the monster game being the one that starts the season but um it's just it's the first real hard physical test that you know that you you have to get up to that point because that's where you know internationals and that's where other European games are going to be at
1: Yeah and so, I, I was actually interested in talking to you a little bit about that because it seems like traditionally this has been the, the, the season returns and people talk about it but they don't care about it until the monster game happens in a way that they, they fully embrace it which, which is kind of a little bit hard on the guys that have been back early and done the
0: longest pre-season and have, are playing the first three or four games and if you think about it but everyone has to get a break at some stage so it's those guys that are playing the first three or four are trying to play their way into the coach's memory that hi I'm here and I'm Pretty good, yeah, so even when the internationals come back in game three, four or whatever they're scheduled to come back, that they still are you know the shining light, and the one that that you know each game they've gone to the coach you know wh- why would I not be picked in your best team, yeah, so that's their opportunity, and for maybe for the the likes of the international guys that would have gone on tour and are going to be held back for a little bit. They still need a run in of run of games into the Munster game and then into Europe. Yeah, and you need four or five games to get sharp for sure. How do you
1: how do you approach those games? Do you get us do you get us up for them or, is it like, because I don't know? Do you? Actually- I, I haven't. Pl- I never. I never. I thankfully, I didn't play that many
0: early season games because it would have more often than not been a, a, a tour and then you know a longer preseason and. Uh, there's a big player management or welfare system, so you probably didn't play games one, two, one or two. But it's no different. You, like, you get four four points for a win in those games too. Yeah. And leagues are won definitely on picking up those and, and even losing bonus points that we got at the weekend. Sorry, Lencer got at the weekend. <laughs> I can't let it go.
1: You can still say we. We say we. We've never played. <laughs> 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 do, we, do we get away with it? I'm not sure. Uh, there's been loads of news obviously. Um, Johnny Sexton has announced that he's coming back to Leinster which is a huge boost for Leinster and we were making the argument that that's actually a huge boost for Irish rugby because it means that, uh, well it also was brilliant for everybody who negotiated contracts after he left but it's also pretty good for people who are negotiating contracts now too that everybody benefits. Leinster needed him and Irish rugby needed him but we need to keep all our best players.
0: It's first and foremost it's brilliant for us. It you know, unfortunately it happened, it shouldn't have happened, but there has been a learning curve as a result and some people have done okay as a result of it. Uh you mentioned a couple of guys negotiating decent contracts for themselves, but um, you know, they, they just the timing sometimes can work in your favour. And Johnny was um you know, was the guy that had to go up stick you know, up um up sticks and, and and head over to to Paris and you know probably against um his inner feeling but he felt he had to for um you know because he didn't feel as though he was getting the offer that he deserved here and uh, now that you know the decision is made to come home I know that he doesn't want to be at home yet he's still got nine months and he's a serious pro so he's going to want to try and play out and w- leave on a high and win a top fourteen and probably win Europe and he'll think about winning everything. But he will definitely look forward to coming home when the time uh, does happen
1: for him. When you were negotiating, was there a real, ever a real sense that you wanted to go? Like, you know, in your mid twenties, the lure of the South of France pretty strong.
2: Yeah, there's there's ups there's ups and downs. You
1: know, it's, it's South of France is gorgeous during the
0: summer. You know, and um, places like Biarritz are beautiful. Everyone thinks about them seaside town. Yeah. You know they can be ghost towns during the winter. And I didn't realize single pop- guy on
1: your own population is thirty thousand. Jerry Thorny told us one time. The for some reason in my head it's this kind of this big surf it's town. And yeah. oh
0: well, wow, surfing all year right it's not. It's you know, I've played there in the, in the depths of winter, and it's you know trying to find a night out afterwards uh, was not easy. We found one, <laughs> but it was not easy. But it, um yeah, it's it's not all that and. Obviously, Johnny was a different situation in that uh, he, had, he just recently uh, got married and now he has a child. So circumstances dictate
1: as well yeah. uh,
0: your lifestyle and it's not just about um, the bottom line.
1: The lesson that has been learned um, by the IRFU is that the, hopefully the end of this now, that like any of those top-ranked players who we want to play for Ireland to represent us in the Six Nations and World Cups in those cycles, that maybe some of them might go for a year or two, but the understanding will be that you know, when you're ready to come back, we'll take you back.
0: It's, listen, I, it's hard to get into to the heads of the IRFU. Um, I think what was what was possibly thought pre Johnny is that perhaps we don't have to pay what the you know the bigger clubs in France are paying or the bigger clubs in England are paying. Yeah. And Johnny went, and then they realised that's not going to work for us because other guys going to walk too. So then they had to you know bring out the coffers and and pay bigger uh, checks to to, uh, to to a couple of other guys. And I would see that going forward now you'd be hopeful that the top guys are going to stay at home because they'll be getting looked after by this player welfare system where you, you know, max are going to play 23 or 24 games, going to be rested at key times, going to you know, get the best preparation for the World Cup. But there's a, another tier of guys that probably do need to go away to prove themselves to then maybe come back and gain
1: those big contracts. Yeah, and that's only good for us as well. The more players that we have who are earning a living in France learning different coaching, learning different cultures and uh, different defensive systems and diff- all that kind of stuff. The the bigger the playing pool and the bigger the population of people we're drawn from, presumably that's only a good thing.
0: It is. It is because we have a certain methodology of, of coaching in, in Ireland. You obviously get um, a series of, of foreign coaches coming uh, and, and teaching their way. But um, Players have huge input into into teams these days, and it's not just one or two. You, you know, the best teams I think give voice to everyone, and it can be the youngest guy in the academy that can come from a completely different point of view, and you have to listen to him too. Why? Why should you not respect his opinion? Yeah. So, um, I I think the more varied, and the more the more avenues you 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 have players coming from, the more you're going to see a variety of of a game that Ireland can learn to play and, and not just be you know, one-trick ponies. Yeah,
1: you look at somebody like Copeland who went from the Leinster Academy to Wales and, and is now going to be a starter, hopefully, for Munster and, and do really well. Suddenly there's more depth in the position because somebody goes away as a kid and takes that risk. Yeah, he came
0: through. The, the Academy wasn't really happening for him and, and he worked hard. And he had a huge season for, for the Blues last year. And he's deservedly gotten uh, gotten his chance, and you would imagine that. Well, judging by certain emails, that he looks as though he's going to be a, a,
1: a first team player or there, thereabouts. So that's got to be a good thing for him, right? <laughs> he's the one that's happy about those. What do you do in that situation when uh, this thing comes uh, comes out and everybody sees emails? Is there? Do you just get together as a group and say we have to ride this out? Or you'd have
0: to imagine that's what happened. I would think that. Pete is captain. Then there, I presume Pete. You know they had a player meeting and can look at it in lots of different ways. It could be divisive, and you know players are looking over their shoulders, or it can potentially galvanise you and go, "Listen, this is a mistake." And if ever there was a place that was you would galvanise the team, it's probably in in Munster. But it's for me, if I if I saw sorry if I saw some of those things written about me, I'd be like, "Screw you! I'm I'm gonna." Prove you wrong to the coach, you know, three or four negative things. It's like, right, we'll see in two months' time, you know, what my passing ability is like or what my kicking's like. Just strive on to 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 actually work harder at it.
2: Yeah, Bernard Jackman's the only one on the show that's actually said there will. There probably will be a few noses out of joint down there. Everyone else is saying it'll galvanise them. I don't know. I think criticism like that in a one-on-one is okay, but when it comes out like that, you know, maybe you and your best friend, who's you know, you might say here, this is. This is ridiculous.
0: I think it depends too on what sort of person you are. are you are you a carrot or a stick, or a guy? And a lot of guys need a massage sometimes. Colin's a carrot guy.
2: <laughs> You're a carrot guy. Um, not sure what that is. I don't think it's good. I no, it is. You need encouragement as opposed to. Uh, no, no. Anyways, go on. But yeah, if you if you have some insecurities, um. That's common.
0: Sometimes, sometimes you don't want your whole team exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, an email reinforcing that those insecurities yeah, are not sa- only insecurities, but they're, re- they're they're real to life. Yeah,
2: because they're saying this is stuff that's, that's said him? anyways. Yeah. You know, but it's not said. It's that criticism's never said in, in the group. Not, it's not said him, that. Yeah, it's like, said in a one-on-one. Exactly.
0: Maybe. No, but it, sometimes it is said in a in a group. Not to that level. That yeah. was really cutting, and it was you know it it seemed to be knock after knock after knock. Whereas. Yeah. The thing about Monday Monday morning when you lose a game, you watch the video. Uh, people get picked out. What happened there? Why didn't you do? The, why did you do that? That wasn't great. And sometimes you might get done once or twice, but not five or six things about your game. Coaches are smarter to pull you apart in front of the whole squad. So yeah, that, it's it's a real rarity what has happened there.
2: Just yeah. the, the gravy train line as well. That's harsh. That's that's really harsh. You don't get that in a team meeting, tactic a tactics meeting. <laughs> and you. Well, well, and ever in your
1: career, nobody ever accused anybody in the dressing room of being on a gravy train. No, there was no trains and no gravy, <laughs> Uh even later on in your career, no. Well, no, not really. Um just on that though, that, that kind of sense of the group policing stuff, that that's part of the Leinster culture that Joe Schmidt brings in or did Checker bring that in too? I'd say Checks. Um and probably coincided with a couple of
0: Leo and Jenno coming back from right. from Le- from Leicester and learning a lot. And a couple of us just getting our heads together and thinking, Enough's enough. We really need to cop onto ourselves or we're gonna finish our careers with, with nothing. So I think a lot of us Czechs a lot to be thanked for, but it also coincided with with players' mentality and psyche just changing.
1: And being honest and and having the confidence in each other to be honest in front of each other. Kind of knock yourself down and and re, kind of really rebuilt the things. And
0: um, we didn't have any base back when Czechs before when Czechs came in. We you know we were changing out of the backs of our cars. We didn't have a dressing room. Yeah. So the dressing room is absolutely vital. That's where all the abuse happens and that's where you build relationships
2: and break relationships sometimes. And sometimes (laughs) that's a good thing. That's incredible. No dressing rooms or anything even that recent.
0: Yes, that was 06. Yeah,
2: and he he just gave us a base. And that actually
0: came from Leo, I think, because Leicester have this this big senior dressing room, junior dressing room thing, and it's a big thing to get into. You make your way into the senior dressing room. You've made it. Uh, and you know, we we didn't have any of that. And you spend so much time if you've got three or four sessions of a day and you know, there's gonna be two or three hours two hours in between them, you're what you always mean? gonna head off and yeah. have a yeah. coffee or go home or some guys live too far away to go home. So hang you, you need somewhere to spend time yeah. and chew the fat and now you you know you can walk into a dressing room and there can be fifteen people on their phone, but that's yeah. that's just
1: that's just these days. <laughs> uh, it's kind of slightly ironic that it was um, people leaving and then coming back, and hopefully Sexton coming back has a fairly similar galvanising and transformative experience as the two lads leaving for Leicester. That would uh, ultimately be good for everybody. Yeah, it would I think? I think
0: the the Leicester that Johnny left will be a bit different than the one he rejoins, and that's not solely about. Personnel. Obviously, there there are some personnel like the likes of Issa gone, and um, who knows who else might be gone next year. Yeah. Um, and you know Leo might still be involved, but he's not a player. But Johnny is such a strong character that. Um, He'll make the best of and i am not saying Lester're in a bad place, but he'll make the best of the
1: situation he finds himself in yeah um and he he just he's and also helped to transform things himself on a daily basis is the kind of the, the feedback that we get from people about him that he brings this intense competitiveness to everything
0: and this encyclopedic knowledge of every play that you've ever done it's quite phenomenal, um
1: and you have to know how to appreciate that. Um, like if, if you know, for example, if the current teammates don't fully appreciate that, they're like, "Oh, I whereas- look at him
0: sometimes. I'm baffled because." And we look at each other. Everyone else looks at Johnny and goes, "Are you joking?" About you know, oh, remember we did against Scarlets away in, in you know twenty ten? No, we we don't remember that play. And he's just he's phenomenal. He's got a really great rugby brain, um, and. And I think that's probably why himself and Joe, himself and Joe, get on so well because both of them do have brilliant rugby brains. Yeah. And Sometimes it's funny, you know, you'll get a sheet about something, and it'll be signed off JS at the end, and you'd be wondering which of those
2: JSs <laughs> is this. <it?"> uh, <laughs> what What happens, Madigan? Now is he going to have to reinvent himself as a, a first centre? Well, Mad had had probably his best year playing behind Johnny
0: uh, two years ago. Yeah. Um and I think he was even he might have even been named player Leinster player of the year. Um, I I really like Mads as a twelve. Yeah, I, I I've always been someone that likes a distributor at at twelve. Um, I I talked about England being at their best when they had Mike Hatton and and, and Will Greenwood in the in, in the past at twelve, and also, um, you know, Darce is a nice pass to the ball when you have that other ten playing at at twelve. I think you can really bring in your back three into it and particularly if if you've got a good strike force there um, rather than just playing a gain-line you know, game. Line game uh, I, I like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a fair bit of Mads at 12 this year.
1: Alright, 53106 is the text number, it's competition time Our competition this week comes with thanks to Guinness Proud sponsors of the Guinness Pro 12 Which kicked off last weekend To celebrate, we're giving you the chance to win a fantastic prize of a VIP trip to the Aviva Stadium For Leinster Munster on Saturday, October the 4th This prize includes full corporate hospitality for 10 people In the President's Terrace at the Aviva Stadium Pre- and post-match complimentary bar And a three-course meal You'll also have the opportunity to chat and mingle with players after the game To be with the chance of winning Identify tonight's mystery voice Who was asked about the success of the crappy quiz In the podcast charts after just one week Yeah, well, it's no surprise the boys do savage homework. These things don't just happen on the day. No, they do no homework. They don't even check the answers. Yeah, well, it's no surprise the boys do savage homework. These things don't just happen on the day. Text Guinness along with your name and answer. Send the message to 53106. Our nightly winner picks up Leinster against Scarlet's tickets for the RDS. Tomorrow, every correct entry from the entire week goes into the draw, which we'll make before 8 tonight. It's over 18s only. All winners, guests, must be over 18 years of age as well. Enjoy Guinness. Sensibly visit drinkaware.ie. Up next, we're talking debuts. We're going to join be joined by Martin Johnson talking about the 2001 Lions Tour. Remember, you can contact us social media, off the ball on Twitter, Facebook.com/forth. Slash off the ball. We want your opinions.
3: You know, my opinion is only one opinion in, in, in the world
2: of GA. Then I, I thought I was entirely given my opinion. Everyone else is giving their opinions. And, uh, as usual, people get upset by it. People have an opinion and they're entitled to it. Where's the evidence that you would have factored it? That's well, just my opinion. But like I said, there's no but evidence, there any evidence any for it. Is any evidence
0: for
1: it? People have different opinions, different stuff. That's no problem. That's the way life goes. Everyone's the same, even boring, you know?
2: Yeah,
3: well. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
2: Off the ball, getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite
0: car brand. Ford,
1: go further. This is
0: O'Driscoll! Oh, he's gone through! Oh, he's going! O'Driscoll for the post!
1: Brian O'Driscoll! Oh, you beauty! pretty happy memories there we're going to talk about that game in a couple of minutes with our first special guest Martin Johnson uh, in a little while but if you put any questions to guest presenter Brian O'Driscoll hit us on text on 53106 you can tweet us at off the ball. now we're nothing if not predictable here this uh, being your debut we thought we might theme this first section of the uh, (laughs) features about debuts so I I promise we'll be a bit more uh, creative with our ideas in the the coming weeks Um, you've made your debut for Ireland before you actually played for Leinster and uh, that's a bit weird
0: yeah, unusual. Uh, it was unusual actually until Michael Bent then came along and did the exact same, <laughs> and then not so unusual anymore. Um, but yeah, it was it was really strange transition. Um, played twenty ones. Well, certainly wasn't anything extraordinary in that twenty ones campaign, uh, and found myself um, sitting on the bench for the Italian uh, first time. Italian had uh, the Italians had come out into the Six Nations, sat on the bench for it. Uh, didn't get on and then went on the summer tour and played my way into the team with a couple of warm up games so it all happened really quickly before I really had a chance to think about it
1: is it difficult then to go back to Leinster and think oh well, I've got this cracked or is it just when you're 19 I think at the time it, it just it, you know it's the new new normal
0: yeah you I was 20 and I, and I, you, know, you don't know any difference you're kind of just go you're you're kind of having fun and you're going this is great isn't it yeah yeah I hope I can Drag this out for a little while. Uh, I, I was very aware that it didn't happen to a lot of twenty-year-olds. So, um, just trying to yeah, really live in the moment and um, and and that tour, just taking it in. And I remember you yeah, seeing Trevor Brennan going over and in the team room, there'd be like um, Perry bottles or Lucas A bottles and Jaffa cakes and sweets and stuff, and he'd just get his bag and pile a load of them into it. <laughs> and I, I was like, it looks as though he's thieving all that stuff. <laughs> Um, and then seeing a few others doing it too, and gone. I think I think we can have this stuff, <laughs> and then being really conscious of only taking like one or two, not being seen to be too greedy the first time. But then like day three, four, yeah. like literally. Partly, Here I've got a cap now. I, can I do had, this. I had like you know 400 kg coming home from <laughs> from Australia, full of you know just free stuff.
1: Uh, like presumably by that point, you realize that you're going to be a professional rugby player. That this is a, a genuine career option because, you know, when you're ten or twelve it's not really a genuine career option. It didn't exist. It really didn't come in out and it's so bizarre now you hear you know kids going, What you want to be a rugby player? Ah yeah, but
0: you know really? what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do yeah. you know as as an alternative? No, 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 a rugby player, that's it. For us it was um it was the it was the hobby and four years into if you know four years into it uh it's uh it's professionalism and I kind of thought it'd be nice to get a scholarship to UCD, and I did. And then you know, we'll see how things work out. And I'll do a bit more study. And the next thing I know, I am playing for Ireland, and I've been offered a provincial contract, and immediately bumped up to a national contract, and I am being paid to play rugby. Yeah, it it was it was really strange and something that I I hadn't prepared for at all. And I thought I'll give it one year and see how that goes and then it kicked on for another few
1: that pretty much all happens in that summer of um 99 the 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 test debut against australia do you consider that your debut or do you consider sitting on the bench against italy
0: oh no no the, you, you got to play oh you got to play
1: yeah. you always have to play yeah i, I felt really
0: i felt um, not part of that win in uh, in the Italian match. Firstly, obviously it was the first time I'd ever been involved and secondly, all these guys jumping around, we'd just beaten Italy, you know, we hadn't won many games in that Six Nations, if any. Um, and uh, I remember you know, going, yay! But kind of hugging guys really awkwardly uh, because I was this kid that they didn't know yeah. and I didn't really feel I'd earned my place there yet. So when I did get to pull the jersey on, and you call yourself an Irish international,
1: that's your debut. Yeah. Uh, do you actually get a cap for your proper first one? You do, yeah. yeah. You do. Yeah, you get them on 150 and, and 100. And is that a special moment when they're actually handing it over to you? Or again, you're kind of a cage, you're thinking, it's, it's actually about playing the game. No, it's it a moment. It is, yeah. Yeah, it
0: is. Because um, everyone stands up. Every, like, I think there's a big respect... Because everyone that has that that's had subsequent tests realize what a big occasion it is for you, yeah, so there's always extra emphasis put and, and attention to the first cappers, and then you the cap is put on your head, and it's invariably a tiny cap, and this is not a, a a small head, and so it's like it it's just sitting on the top of it, and then you're told to wear it for the whole night. You are literally not allowed to take it off for the whole night, so um out and about and uh, yeah, it's it's sometimes not pretty, yeah. and sometimes I, on occasion it hasn't made its way home. But <laughs> thankfully, I do have mine.
1: Uh, that's the Ireland situation, um, and obviously the Leinster one comes after that. Is is it a bit of a like Leinster? I think it's a game against Munster. Is there a sense of anticlimax when you're because the traditional route is you starve for your province for a while, and they you know they test you mm. to make sure you have it the, the right thing. But um, or does it actually mean as much playing for Leinster? Because
0: but Leinster was new to me. I, I, so I didn't. That was another new. So I, I was, I, I it was strange because I'd gotten the respect of a lot of the senior players in Leinster without ever having played a Leinster game. So I kind of got an in by that, playing that by playing in green. Yeah. Um. So our first game I remember down in uh, in Corkon, Um. I, uh I was playing against John Kelly, and he went the length of the pitch, and I ran after him, and I couldn't catch him. I think I remember Raj saying to me afterwards, you know, that John Kelly was like, "Mind getting capped during the summer? No gas." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, it was still great. It was still great to get to to play in Leinster. But the Leinster jersey then and the one now are probably two different jerseys, I think, Inter- men- mentality wise. Yeah,
1: and uh, were you even aware of that or at Not that then, age? But
0: like, only retrospectively can I look and see that. But
1: it was still a big deal. Yeah, but. I don't think the same deal as playing for Leinster is these days. Um, the, the other major debut then, obviously, is playing for the Lions. Um, the selection process for the Lions it's fraught because everybody talks for a year in advance of this. I, 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 was it as hyped and, and was it as big a deal? Was it as long? Were were all the questions coming or was it just an expectation again? It's a very natural thing. It's like, well, look, this is going quite well for me. I'm going to make it.
0: You're hopeful more than anything um, when things are, are going well. And if if... You're combining well, whether it be partnerships with obviously I was playing with Rob Henderson at the time for Ireland and um and Ireland were going okay. Um and we'd had that foot and mouth, which I don't know whether it worked in our favour or not, but we um you know, when you find yourself on the tour, it's um it's just trying to survive and trying to n- not stick out like a sore thumb like a 21 year old or 22 year old i had Johnny Wilkerson thankfully who was younger than me um and then just trying to play as many of the games as, uh, as you can and 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 play well and you know if you if you give yourself an opportunity to get picked in the test team and that's for me that's your lions debut is, the, is the that's
1: test. what i was going to ask yeah
0: yeah it, your test isn't really i played uh against i don't know what what even what the name of the the, the side was over in perth um and at first, I think we put 100 on them We're close to it. I played 15. Uh, first time I'd ever played 15 in my life because I think they were looking at me as a potential cover option on the on the bench or not carrying a 15 yeah. if I was to play in the test. Well, at least that's what I reckon they were, they were thinking. Not, mm, let's, this guy could play 15. This, this yeah, I think we've always thought he's been a 15. <laughs>
1: yeah. The Irish don't know what they have in their hands. Uh, <laughs> so that, that debut then when you're going out for that... Uh, and it being the Lions is that the biggest one is that the one that you kind of there's actual genuine sense of all right, this this is a big deal yeah
0: but only because all the supporters come like three or four days before the first test so yeah you've got the expats that are living out in Australia and they follow and travel around in their camper vans but then you get the masses you get the thousands um, coming out and people that have saved for four years just and not gone on holidays because the Lions Tour is their thing Yeah, you get them for those for that three week period and they come out and it's a game changer It just like the whole tour goes up ten notches and that first atmosphere in the Gabba I think we were we were even shocked the Australians were definitely shocked but we were shocked with how electric it was how big the sea of red it was and how what level of support we had Obviously, that piggybacked off the success of the 97 tour and
1: people thought, these lines tours are great. You yeah. know, we can win them. Yeah, uh, and I'm delighted to say we have the captain from the 97 and the uh, 2001 tour on the line, Martin Johnson, welcome to the programme. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, hey, John. How are you going, Brian? You right. Very good. Uh, do you remember walking out onto that field in the Gabba and, and feeling that sense of, ah, our boys have shown up?
3: Yeah, well, the, the thing was we'd, um, we weren't allowed outside to warm up. Now, normally you go outside and warm up before a game. But for whatever reason, I think it was something on the field. I was the only guy had been outside to toss the coins. They did the the coin toss outside. And we'd warmed up in a little room in, indoors. They have these sort of, the uh, those grounds, they have indoor warm-up areas. So we hadn't been on the pitch, the guys hadn't been on the pitch really since... Maybe they, when they first arrived, they'd been outside, but they hadn't been on the pitch for over an hour. So it was incredible when we went out. I mean, it was it was very red. It was a sea of red. Um, I think Brian's right. You know, they they've not had a Lions tour for 12 years. Post '97, everyone wanted to be be there. And uh, as that week in Brisbane had built up, I remember some of the Welsh boys saying they'd been out. You know, it was like going into that local village. The amount of people that were there, so it was um, it it was phenomenal. Really, Um, that whole atmosphere very tense for us. Obviously, we had to we had to get off to a win, but um, you know, a, a memorable night.
0: I think we probably my my recollection of it was too that we hadn't really done anything too wonderful on the tour up to that date, and they were the current world champions and. You know, we were not playing scared, but we knew we had to have a big, big performance. And it's funny—I I don't even remember not going out before before warming up outside and, and doing it inside. It's funny—that's just a, it's the first recollection of that since since I one. And now it all triggers that—that's why it was such a crazy moment when we ran out and the noise and and the sea of red and why it hit us all the more because we hadn't actually seen any of it building during that that process of the warm up.
1: Yeah. Martin, in terms of um the the way that you remember the game do you do you isolate the game and the brilliant performance or do you think of it just as a tour that ultimately doesn't deliver what you wanted to? Can you separate those things
3: yeah, I think so I think Brian's right yeah it's funny it it was a it was a tough tour it was in you know, ninety seven had been the first pro tour, but it, although you know that was a lot more relaxed in terms of time. we always seemed to be racing around Australia, the games were all in the evenings, so you never had a moment after a game to unwind or relax or, or be together as a team, really. Um, 97, we had far more time. Particularly on a Saturday after a game, we'd kick off in the afternoon, we'd have a, an evening together, and, and it was just more time to breathe. Australia's different. you know, I think Brian said that first game we played Western Australia, I think we probably scored nearly 200 points in our first two games. So it, it was always going to be when you got to the East Coast you played Queensland to New South Wales and Australia A in the space of uh, eight days, that was going to be it. The tour team, this test team was going to get decided very quickly and you didn't really have a chance for a mistake. Um, and, and we were, you know, we had, we had beaten, if you look at it, we'd beaten Queensland very well at Ballymore and we'd beaten New South Wales in that game when Ronan got uh, punched by McCrae. It was a bit of a dirty game, but actually we'd, we'd beaten them pretty. Comfortably as well, but Brian's right. We, we did feel, I think, desperately under pressure. They, I think, they felt pretty confident. You could see them when they came out. They looked, they had a bit of cockiness about them, uh, and we did have an edge about us so we thought, yeah, if we lost this game, it was going to be a long way back. Um, but it, it was a brilliant like, a a for the atmosphere and, and the Lions fans, and, and b the performance. I mean, you know, Brian had done a bit. We probably played a couple of years at Test rugby, scored that try in France, and. You know, he he was, everyone knew about, you know, he was an up-and-coming player, but he certainly emerged that night as a sort of world, you know, star. And the other guy was Jason Robinson, who went on that tour as a, a bit of a risk, really, They took a chance with him, I hadn't played. I don't think he'd started a test match at that point for England, and he scored the first try, um... Who scored that second one Dafford? down it the was right Dafford, hand side. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah Dafford, off yeah, that midfield of that scrum. Mm. yeah and then and then s
0: q we you know if if there were bonus points, we had it after yeah five minutes into the second half,
3: well, they were then dangerous were not they because they they tried to play wide enough a lot and and suddenly they were behind and and you know they could throw caution to the winds a little bit that like second half, and the second half was pretty open game wasn't it, I remember
0: and you're always listening yeah. when you when you well, well i don 't know what the uh, final scoreline was but you know when you score four tries and when you've Johnny kicking goals for you too inevitably you know you're going to try and sit and protect that a little bit against a team like Australia you, you know that's a mentality and that's that's what coaches always say it's when when you're playing well keep playing that way yeah. but it's so yeah. hard to do it sometimes when you get oh, that like lead that, you uh, want to sit and protect yeah. and you want to just you want your defence then just to really man up for you
3: I, I felt they um it stayed open that game. I didn't we? We didn't, we, we not ne- we never sort of were able to uh, strangle it. And your break—that that was a fourth try, wasn't it? Your break and run. Yeah, it
0: was I three or four? I think three. Yes, yes. yes. Q, uh, Scottie, Scott SQ right Yeah, Scotty Scott Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but the, you know they were dangerous, and they've they, they always got good runners. at the, the wingers have Walker was it? The, the winger they uh, had yeah. that time. I remember I got. Uh, Defensively, ended up out wide one time, and they went round us there and scored. So, um, yeah, I think the answer to the question is ultimately yes. You can separate, you know, a one-off great evening away from ultimately a tour that was disappointing that we that we could have won it, maybe should have won it, and, and didn't.
0: For for me, it was it, it wasn't lost in that third test. It was lost in that second oh, know, and the first and the first half. Not even the not like certainly not Johnny's intercept pass that was potentially a fourteen pointer. Before that, we. We Butchered a chance or two in the first half to go in with a decent lead, Uh, and I think for me that was the winning and losing of the series rather than because you gave them life again, exactly. Like, because we'd done a a big job in the first test, they came back out and they were going to have you know really give it some. And then, if we were able to you know compress that and go in with a 10 12 point lead, as I thought we should have, I think we might have gone in with about a six point lead. Uh, if we'd had a, a 10 or 12 pointer, I really think that could have been the end of them. And then all you have to do is try and be the first team to score first in the second half. And then, you know, it's the game, game can be yeah.
3: yeah. It, was, um, it was the most bizarre game because you, you're right. And we made the break. We made we cut them right open straight from the start. And we definitely went through again. Yeah. And he didn't pass, did he? We had, We had two on our, one. And yeah, and
0: yeah, yeah. And we... <laughs> my, we my, my, vo- my vocal cords are still sore from shouting <laughs> at him.
3: <laughs> but you're right. I think it was our most dominant half of the whole series and we only scored the one try, and they were still in the game, and then, bang, okay, you have the intercept. And they turned us over at scrum after a team that had scrum poorly turned us over at scrum and scored, and suddenly they were on a roll, and it was a different team. Um, it was it was the most bizarre second half. The game just slipped through our fingers. I mean, I made a mistake when we turned the ball over, and that came back down and probably scored three off that. Uh, and suddenly... We came off with a heavy loss. And he said, "How did that happen?" And we lost Rob Howley that that day. We lost Richard Hill that game.
0: Wilco and, Wilco went off, and we thought we were going to lose him for the third test. Yeah, yeah. we were
3: pretty we were pretty battered, weren't we? I mean, I, I remember you were pretty sore. Hendo Rob Henderson did an amazing job to get fit. I mean, we lost. You think who we lost? We lost Dan Luger, Greenwood, Cat, um, Galileo at that point we Mm -hmm. lost them on on the way Austin Healy had a I mean you remember the the last day of the tour Austin had back spasms I remember saying to the management after the Melbourne test you know we probably need a nine because Rob was out Matt Dawson had come on and played and was fit but Austin had been fragile he'd been sore and uh, they said oh no we'll be okay and had the fingers crossed, and Austin was back when he was spasm didn't they, on the Friday or whatever. And suddenly we had Andy Nichol turn up from nowhere to sit on the bench, which is um, bizarre now if you think about it. He came off a supporters tour to sit on the bench in the third test. Unfortunately, he didn't have to come and play because that would have been uh, very difficult for him. But, he couldn't
0: um, have been in fantastic condition no. at the end of the, a supporters tour either.
3: <laughs> whatever he, whatever he, about he, the first he, few he days, but a, he tells a long, long story about his build-up to that test match and it's not great it's <laughs> scientific preparation but I, I came down to breakfast. I mean I, I was a bit angry really because we shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been in putting that position and he's sitting there sort of you know brunch before we go out and to run out looking at all the moves I said Andy just put it away if you have to play you're just going to play and you can do that you've you played enough test matches don't worry about all that you know if you have to come on you'll just you'll just get into it you know and
1: get it and pass it <laughs> yeah, well,
3: I don't want him, I didn't want him sitting there reading the notes and putting all the rest of the players. You know, just not great preparation to see. Christ, if he'd have had to come on you know, after seventy-five minutes, imagine that. You know, and a yeah, run if past tour, catch. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the tour had gone either way on the mistake of his, that, that wouldn't have been fair on him. Never mind, you know, everyone else. But yeah, it, it it's one of those things. That, anything in my career that that sort of. You think Christ, we should have because you know, normally when you get beaten, you know, you got what you deserve, you didn't play well enough, you weren't good enough, you got it. But in that one, we could have won that. And, and Lions series are uh, for keeps, you know, that, that was, a, was a great pity we didn't win that.
1: I wonder if, um, I had a theory that all of this and this period of time, um, all helps you guys to eventually win the world cup, that the experiences. The lessons absorbed from this tour and from the the other games, the eventually that you do go on that tour in two thousand and three to win down under, um, or before the tour before the World Cup down under, that ultimately they're the ones where you gain that knowledge that you need as a group to get over the line in the World Cup.
3: Yeah, I think all all, all the experiences help. Lions tours are big; The, the, the high pressure. It's similar to a, a World Cup in that regard. You know, you're all in one country for a long time. So, I, I mean, the core of our O three 3 team, a lot of them had gone in 97. Uh, a lot of them were there again in one and we probably had some extra weapons appear in 2001. Jason Robinson certainly won. Benny Cohen when on that tour was another one. Uh, Johnny Wilco, was, was, that was his first Lions tour. But um, Danny Grucock played in that series. Phil Vickery played in that series. He hadn't played in 97. Um, yeah, I, definitely. I mean, there was probably only a few of us, by three, who hadn't been on that tour. Steve Thompson didn't go, Josh Lucy. So most of the guys have been in and around those tours. I think one of the key things was understanding what it's like to be in Australia uh, and tour there, and, and what the media are like. I think if I was taken aback by anything, it was the media, how they um, they do run a campaign. They orchestrate a campaign to try and undermine you right from the off. Um, and we hadn't even played played the game, and they weren't accusing us of being dirty and boring,
2: um,
3: <laughs> you know. And it, bio 03, because you'd been through that, you just you just understood it as part of what what would happen there. And we had exactly the same thing, and worse two years later. But you just understand what it is to tour Australia and, how to, and, and what you'll get as a as an English British sportsman. Over
1: because that that does sound funny now, but I wonder if you're in the midst of it, it, it can be annoying and distracting.
3: Yeah,
0: it's funny. I I don't know, like obviously the English, you know, have this, I don't know, if you could call it a love-hate relationship with with um the the Australians. Um, you know, the whole palmy thing maybe it was slightly diluted with the with the Lions tour in 01, but then, you know, they kept their best ammunition for England in the 03 World Cup and uh, Well,
3: they, they gave us a bit. They gave us a bit in you know one. I mean, we, we they were calling us dirty and boring and arrogant before we even played a game. Um they they just I mean there's no was not necessarily true but if they if they ram it down you long enough people it, it it did become a distraction you know we had, we had when Austin responded and Austin said one thing in one article and that they wanted to deport him you sort of, thing, <laughs> you know you know you've, you've given us eight weeks of abuse and um, actually they were the teams that cut it rough as well Queensland did a bit New South Wales did a lot you know so actually it was, it was there was no logic to it it was just a campaign but it it is um, you have to deal with it because you've got to deal with your media and they respond to it, and that everyone wants a story. It just becomes, uh, it can become a bit boring very quickly, and, and it just can get on you, it can wear on you a little bit, I think.
1: Did Ireland benefit from uh, having you guys on this tour and from seeing England do well in the Southern Hemisphere and ultimately winning the World Cup? Or is, is there a sense that this is a team that we can try and emulate and, and do what they're doing? I think Ireland,
0: Ireland definitely saw. What England were capable of doing, and because Ireland had beaten England, albeit you know against the odds in the replayed foot and mouth game that that denied them the slam, you know, one we kind of thought if we we're able to beat them and they're able to beat the whole world, well then, you know, logic would dictate that maybe we we're capable of it ourselves. Yeah. So definitely seeing Northern Hemisphere team a Northern Hemisphere team win the World Cup that way was an inspiration for certainly us, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the other. Uh, northern hemisphere teams six six nations teams but um yeah it's it's been um just watching them that that England team was 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 just different though you know you you look at the the core you know uh the core and key players uh, in pivotal positions the you know the 8 9 10 access John obviously in the row and just you know smart playmakers um, Will Greenwood Boston things at 12 or, or 12 uh, with my cat coming in just really really clever footballers and they just were they peaked at a time where they were they were all bringing the best out of one another and I think they probably had the hunger from having been denied a few grand slams and then obviously winning that one win in 03 and then going and winning in New Zealand for the first time in a long time I don't know Johnny, you tell us that but certainly a long time and the manner in which they did that I think all of that culminated in them going on and winning the World Cup and Um, and then yeah I think everyone else thought well you know England have gone that route to be able to to go and win it surely we can forge our own path too
1: yeah